Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. Today is September 18th and we got some good stuff for you here today on episode 3. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Texans and Jaguars game on Sunday and then a little bit about Thursday Night Football we got coming up and definitely going to spend some time on the whole Jalen Ramsey situation. Kind of talk about that and see see what's going on. So to start, I'm going to kind of tell you how I'm feeling. So after the game, honestly, I, I felt okay. It sucked that we lost and whatnot, but I didn't feel too bad about how the Jaguars came out and played, especially at the end of the game. You know, Gardner let us down and led us to a score. But, you know, after all the news about Jalen Ramsey and stuff, uh, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't feeling too good. Anyways, um, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But just want to talk about how my Sunday went. It was it was pretty cool. So I went to a Texans bar with uh, one of my friends who's actually a Texans fan and actually met a new friend who had listened to the podcast and he lives in Denver or he lives in Boulder, but he came down to Denver to watch the game and it was actually really cool watching you know the game with a Jaguars fan. Felt good because I'm not really used to watching games with Jaguars fans. Also, I mean, it's it's pretty fun watching, you know, um, when your friend's team and your team is playing each other. It's always a good time, no matter what, you know. You're just kind of going at it the whole time. You know, me and my friends, we talk a lot of shit back and forth to each other, especially when we're playing each other. So that was pretty cool. Also, there were some Jaguars fans there, which was quite surprising, pretty funny. Um, they were, I believe they were, like, on a work trip, here in Denver and they just you know were looking on Yelp or something and they found that bar and there they were watching the game so I got to chat with them for a little bit which was actually really cool you know we talked about life in Jacksonville versus uh, life here in Denver and you know how how much they love their Jaguars and how loyal they are to their Jaguars anyway that was a pretty cool experience and it's just nice to talk to uh, fellow Jaguars fans since I really don't get to that often very cool. Anyway, so it was just a great experience at the bar overall and a pretty fun environment to watch the game in. So let's talk about the Jaguars and Texans game. So obviously we lost uh, 13 to 12 and it was a tough loss. You know, we all saw the two point conversion there at the end and we failed to convert it. But overall, the Jaguars did a pretty good job holding the Texans offense really all game, especially DeAndre Hopkins. And I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say Deshaun was like on his A game. He didn't miss a couple throws, but you know, to hold a team that really played well on offense against the Saints, it was it was nice to see, especially after what happened with the Jaguars against the Chiefs last week. Um, Gardner Minshew, he was pretty good. Twenty three of thirty three, two hundred thirteen yards, one touchdown, no picks, which is very nice to see. I mean, we were used to seeing tons of interceptions with Blake Bortles. Hate to keep bringing him up, but the dude, you know, he he left us kind of kind of wounded over here. So Gardner also had six carries for 56 yards, and you saw at the end of the game he had a couple key scrambles, you know, picking up first downs. Uh, Leonard Fournette, 15 carries, 47 yards. Not the best of games. He was honestly, to me, he wasn't that productive. He was definitely missing missing some holes. I his vision it, it just seems off like there's like blatant big holes and it just seems like he runs opposite way sometimes which is quite unfortunate 
So let's uh, take a second to talk about Gardner's play. It was Gardner's first start, and I would say he played pretty well. He throws a good football, and I think he has good poise in the pocket. For one, I he has a, a good sense of when the pressure is coming. I know he did uh, fumble a couple times, but I think he does have a good feeling of the pocket and when it's collapsing. His throws were very accurate, I thought. And especially towards the outside, towards the side, towards the sideline, we were used to seeing Blake throw interception after interception at pick sixes on out routes and corner routes. Like the timing was off, but Gardner, it was it wasn't bad. It looked good. The balls were in perfect place for the receiver to catch them, and especially um, DJ Chark. I thought he was like really good. He was really catching everything that comes his way and I, I believe he's working his way to being a number one receiver which sounds kind of crazy but I think he he has that kind of talent he's big he's fast and obviously he can catch the ball pretty well also Gardner I think he, he's so good at climbing up in the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield so it's not just you know one look you know he's making two three reads before scrambling or getting out of the pocket so that's actually a really good sign and this guy's going to be playing for until Nick Foles gets back so however long that is six seven more weeks so we'll see how it goes but I think that was pretty a pretty good game by Gardner and the way he led us down the field at the end of the game pretty impressive I I was shocked really I couldn't believe what I was watching just because you know we're not really used to seeing that that often but I think the story of the game is really the defense they had such a bad week against the Chiefs. And then this week, they look like the old Jaguars defense. Jared Wilson played really well. DJ Hayden played a hell of a game as well. And then, of course, our guy, Jalen, had just a fantastic game. He basically locked up DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre did get a couple catches, but Jalen did a fantastic job on him. And we know that, oh, man, you know, the whole Jalen thing where um, he wanted the challenge flag, flag thrown and he did, Doug Marone didn't throw it and that caused a whole little fight on the sideline early in the game. So that was one of DeAndre's catches. Um, I do think that was a catch. Well, I don't think they would have been able to overturn it. Regardless, I think that the whole situation was kind of blowed, blown out of proportion you know, on both sides, Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey. But we'll get to that in a little bit. I have a question to myself and to really anyone else. I just, I wonder if we are still a run team. I get the whole pounding with Leonard Fournette. It seems like we're still sticking with that. I know uh, DiFilippo said a couple weeks ago that Lenny's our guy. He's going to be just getting all the carries, you know, and that's what we've seen. Problem is that he hasn't been very effective. You know, I already mentioned that he's missing holes and it, last week he looked like he had that step. This week it didn't, especially the last play. I feel like he just didn't, you know, give it his all to try to get in there. It's one play. Like, you have to get in the end zone, and then you probably win the game. I don't know. I don't want to call someone out for their lack of effort. It just it looked funny. And we'll talk about the whole play call later too. But I don't know. I, I feel like he could have he got in there. I really do. Interesting play call, though. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was the holds. There were some holding penalties that were uh, kind of questionable on the offensive line. 
and the Texans had no holds. They were like very minor holds on us too. And I feel like the Texans could have got some of those holds too when they were on offense. But it is what it is. One of the calls that really that was really fucking with me was the DD offensive pass interference. First of all, if the ball's in the air and you're just going for the ball, there's a little bit of, you know, hand wrestling or whatever, but that's that's football. Isn't that what happens when a wide receiver goes out for a route? Corners are pretty handsy themselves, but there was no extension of the arms, really nothing on Didi's end. I, I couldn't believe they called offensive pass interference. It was a great route. It was a great catch. It was a great throw, and it just got pulled back on an offensive pass interference, and it was challenged, and they still couldn't overturn it. So it just makes me question, what, what what's the point of the the challenging the pass interference, like, you're not going to get it right because i just feel like that was such an easy call to make and i have no idea how they missed it maybe they wanted to keep the calls consistent or whatever but it just didn't make much sense to me it it didn't look right anyways so i'm gonna stop bitching about penalties because i don't want to be that guy um calais he kind of looked a little a little slow a little sluggish i seen him like a second late on run plays and diving and missing I don't know. He just it doesn't seem right with him. But either way, it's great having him around. We already know he's like a big locker room presence. And he's like the leader of the team, really. And he's the voice of the team. So I really hope to see him go back to playing at an elite level. And if he doesn't, you know, he's had a great career. And I know he's a great guy. So wish the best for him. Just hopefully he can play a little better. I want to see some sacks. I want to see Calais from when we first got him. Um, so the secondary played so much better and I honestly couldn't believe it because I know Jared Wilson was struggling. Harrison was struggling last game. Ramsey was all right last game and obviously Boyd didn't play, but Jalen Ramsey was a monster. It just sucks that that play, he had the interception and it was going, going to be a pick six. He had a head of steam. And I think it was one of those things where he was kind of thinking about catching the ball and running with it before he actually caught it. So, you know, that causes people to drop the ball, especially DBs. That, that happens quite often. But we can't we can't put that all on Jalen. You know, shit happens. You drop the ball and, you know, you got to move on to the next play. It's just funny that sometimes in football, you know, they say one play can change a game. You know, you always look back to that one play, but then – coaches and everyone will always tell you after like oh well we could we can't look back to that play because there was plays before that that we could have made and it would have changed the outcome of the game so that is what it is but I really think that that play was so important if Jalen picks that off he's taking that to the house and it's a whole new game let's quickly wrap up the whole Texans game tired of talking about it we fucking lost so that sucks the so you know Gardner led us down the field it was a pretty crazy drive, actually. And then the last play, uh, DJ Chark, just so patient with it, which I loved. And then he found DJ in the back of the end zone, just wide open. And they start lining up for two, and I'm like, oh, brother. I know a lot of people did like the call. I honestly would have rather just took the points. Lambo's pretty much a sure extra point. And I think we go into overtime with, the momentum the defense has been playing lights out Deshaun didn't have that much success DeAndre was pretty quiet throughout the day 
and Gardner was on a roll. So why not just kick the extra point, see what happens in overtime? But, I mean, I can't hate on the decision because if we got it, I would have been like, wow, best call ever. Some people didn't actually, like, like the play call. They wanted to put it in Gardner's hands or whatever. And it did look like a run-pass option, but they didn't get the look that they wanted to throw it. So they um, checked to a run or whatever. And Leonard just didn't get it, and that's how the game ended. There was an onside kick, which we didn't get, which is pretty depressing too. I honestly thought we were going to get the onside kick for some reason. I was feeling it. Well, we didn't get it, and we lost the game. There were still a lot of positives that came out of the game, so I wasn't too bummed after the game. I just thought, hey, we can rebound. We'll be back on Thursday. Gardner got his first start. I mean, it was his first start, so... You know, the second start is going to be different. He's going to be more comfortable. He's going to see the field a little better. And they can go from there. So um, on Thursday night, I definitely expect to see Gardner play pretty well because he did play well on Sunday. So he should be all right on Thursday. I know the Titans pass rush is pretty damn good, and their defense usually does a pretty good job on us. But their offense is pretty atrocious besides Derrick Henry taking off on us every single time we play. And that's like, I feel like that's the only great games he has is against us. His stats just are basically against the Jaguars, which is pretty funny. Here I am talking about the Titans when I'm not ready to talk about the Titans yet. So before we do talk about the Titans and the Jaguars game on Thursday night, I kind of want to talk about Jalen Ramsey's, that whole situation. So we all know Jalen Ramsey or his agent requested a trade from the Jaguars. And it's a pretty big national story now of where Jalen's going to go. That's all I'm hearing. Also, it probably wasn't the best look that like CBS is just showing the replay of Jalen and Doug going at it. It was not a good look and it was not pretty. I don't really have a side. I think both parties were wrong for sure. Jalen lost his cool, Doug lost his cool, but it's football. It happens. I get it. Maybe this comes from, this is a long time coming, though. It kind of just is a bunch of stuff into one, and it finally just blew up during that game. I think it was more of a trust thing. Like, Jalen's like, okay, you're not going to take my word. Like, I'm telling you right now, I was in the play. I don't think he, like, I'm saying he didn't catch it. Why don't you trust me? I'm your star player. You should trust me. Just throw the damn challenge flag, which I agree with. But... Whatever happened, Doug didn't throw it. Either way, you got to move on to the next play, you know, because it probably it probably would have been a catch still. It wasn't going to get overturned. The problem here now is it looks like Jalen's going to be gone here, and we gotta we gotta get used to the idea of not having Jalen Ramsey. It really does suck. He's my favorite player. He's everyone's on Jalen's side. It seems like. If you're a Jaguars fan and you don't love Jalen Ramsey, then I don't know if you're a Jaguars fan. That's all I have to say. But it is time to start kind of preparing ourselves because he is probably leaving, and he could leave as soon as Friday. We did get word today that he is going to be playing on Thursday night, so this could be our last game seeing Jalen Ramsey. And I'm very sad, but I am excited because it's a primetime game, kind of a primetime game, and... It's one last chance to see my favorite player. Ever since Jalen has, has come here, um, there's just been something about him, something that fans just love that just connect them to him. 
just that fiery passion he has for football, the shit talking, just the aggressiveness he plays with. We love it. You know, um, when we went to the AFC, AFC Championship a few years ago and he uh, came back to Jacksonville and said, we're going to New England, we're going to beat them, and we're going to go win the Super Bowl. I know it was kind of over the top, but we loved it. We loved Jalen's passion, and I just can't think about losing him. It's so sad. I saw a tweet, I think yesterday, I can't remember who it was from, some Jags fan I just, just popped up, and they were talking about how it's like when a girl says, she wants to talk and it gives you that those butterflies in your stomach like oh shit like what what are we going to talk about like what's coming it's like an inevitable breakup or something and that's kind of like how he related to Jalen's news and like when he's going to get traded which I thought was hilarious because that's how I feel I'm just have a my stomach it just has that bad feeling and I'm just waiting every morning I wake up I'm like all right well where's the alert where is it where's Jalen going and I do not want to wake up on Friday morning, especially if we lose to Jalen being traded. That would really fucking suck. Um, let's talk about where Jalen could end up. A lot of people are saying, so I just read that the three, the three biggest um, contenders to get him are the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks. All three pretty good teams. I would say they're all contenders. Definitely the Chiefs and the Eagles. Seattle... They are missing some pieces, but I think they they do have enough to get to the playoffs for sure. And they have an elite quarterback, so they'll de- they can definitely get the job done. And their corners right now are not that good. It's uh, Shaquille Griffin. I don't even know who's on the other side of him. So their corners aren't that great. The Chiefs have uh, Bashard Breland, and he played for the Redskins before. He was a number two corner there because of Norman and whatnot. He is a pretty good player, but a number one? I don't know. And I know they have... Kendall Fuller, or Kyle Fuller, whatever Fuller it is, and he's not very good either. So the Chiefs could really use him. They have Frank Clark now. Imagine them getting a lockdown corner like Jalen. They would be dangerous. Look, they would have the star power, Mahomes and Ramsey. That would be nuts. But, of course, you know, Mahomes' time is going to come eventually, and he's going to get paid monster money. There's no way he's leaving there. Definitely not. And then Jalen's going to have to get paid too. So I I don't see the Chiefs thing happening as much, but we'll see. The Eagles, I know the Eagles have been having trouble. I know they have Ronald Darby. I have an Eagles friend as a fan. He says Ronald Darby's playing like shit, so that would be a a pretty good suit for them too. I don't know who their other corner is. I know uh, Jalen Mills. I think he's hurt, whatever the hell his name is, something Mills. But I'm pretty sure he's hurt, so I think the Eagles would be a pretty good fit. But my sleeper pick is is a divisional team and it's the Texans and I only I haven't heard anything at all but I remember during the offseason there was a lot of a lot of talk between Deshaun and Jalen and stuff you know about him becoming a Texan it just seems like it would happen a couple things they just played the Texans right okay so that makes it makes sense um Deshaun and Jalen Ramsey are very close friends and also they share the same agent so, you know, they could all be talking to each other. You never know. Also, Tashawn Gibson just went to Houston. I'm sure him and Jalen have done some talking. Who knows? Who knows what these guys talk about when they're off the field, you know? Even uh, Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey, um, they are pretty close. So I doubt it'll actually happen. 
Uh, you know, I it was just a little idea in my head, especially, you know, they have Jonathan Joseph, and he's a aging corner. I think he's going to be retiring pretty soon here. It would be a good fit for them. The chances of him staying a Jaguar, I think, have now become pretty slim. I know he loves the players he's around in the locker room, but it's obvious Caldwell, Coughlin, and Marone, he does not love too much, and he doesn't like the way he's being used, apparently, right? Too much zone, not enough man, which I would just put the guy in man coverage every every play, but that's not how football works. All I know is that if Jalen leaves, it's going to be a big blow to this team by the way they play and just emotionally, especially for fans. To me, and I'm sure other fans agree, it was pretty heartbreaking when we lost Allen Robinson. It was a player that we all thought was you know, had a chance to be elite and he tears his ACL and we basically let him walk. It's like that same situation all over again, but 10 times worse because Jalen Ramsey, this might seem a little outlandish, but I, I think that if things keep going the way they do, he has a chance to be a hall of fame cornerback. This guy, a lot of people think he's the best corner in the league. I think he's the best corner in, in the league for sure, especially because how young he is and He's got the length and the speed, long arms, fast, and physical. It would be a huge blow. My favorite thing about Jalen, well, I guess not my favorite thing, but one thing I love about Jalen Ramsey is his effect on me. When the Jaguars are playing on defense, it's hard to take my eyes off of him. Wherever he goes and lines up, my eyes follow him. When the play starts, I try to just follow him around as much as you can because, you know, on the TV view, you can't really see where the receivers in the corners are going, but it's just like a thing where I just follow him around. It's the same thing I used to do with Allen Robinson. I used to just follow him around in awe of just how he played. So I'm really going to miss Jalen if he does leave, but maybe I'll get to watch the rest of the team play. So that's always uh, a good thing. So anyways, I'm going to be very sad if Jalen's gone. Hopefully next week when I'm doing uh, episode four, he's still here. I doubt it. And if he's gone, we'll kind of talk about, you know, the impact he had here in um, in Jacksonville. So let's uh, move off of Jalen Ramsey and talk about tomorrow night. Um, well, I guess the podcast will be releasing on Thursday. So tonight we have Thursday night, and I'm so excited because it's early in the year for once. Usually when we play Thursday night, it's like always against the Titans, but the game usually doesn't mean much. And I mean, some could say it doesn't mean much again this Thursday, but it's a divisional matchup. We're 0-2. The rest of the division is 1-1. And we have a chance to be 1-2, and and then the Titans would be 1-2. And and you're right back in the the mix of things. So it's a huge game. It's definitely a must-win. I know it's early in the season, but you can't go 0-3 and and come back from that. So I'm super excited about, you know, a primetime game. You got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who I'm not too fond of. But, you know, everyone gets to watch the Jaguars play and they get to watch Gardner Minshew, which is actually it's going to be fun for people, I think, because they don't know a lot about him. The question is, how the hell do we beat the Titans? I mean, obviously, for some reason, other anyone else can beat the Titans, but we just cannot beat the Titans. So how do we do that? For one, I think we need to get off to a fast start. I think we need to be the team that scores first, hopefully a touchdown, too. Because they don't have a lot of offensive power, firepower in the first place. So getting a lead and making them play catch up 
it's definitely a big key to the game. We have to slow down the run game. We know that. Derrick Henry, of course, as I mentioned earlier, he only has crazy games like, you know, against the Jaguars. We all remember last year on Thursday night when he had the 99-yard run or whatever it was. 99, he was just pushing people over, push A.J. Boye over. It was really embarrassing, actually. I felt embarrassed as a Jags fan that night. Very sad. It, like, got nominated for, like, the play of the year on something. I can't remember what. So we definitely have to slow down Derrick Henry. I honestly don't even think he's that great of a back. He is powerful, and he is pretty fast, but contain him behind the line of scrimmage, and just, you got to tackle him. Just please tackle The Jaguars' defense has had some problems in the past years just tackling. They don't wrap up. They just kind of throw the shoulder into you, and people bounce off them. So got to tackle that man. The other thing is you got to contain Marcus Mariota in the run. A couple years ago, this happens a lot too. Mariota gets started against us, but it's not in the throwing game. This guy just starts scrambling and running all over the damn place, and that does open up the pass for them a little bit. But we have to contain Mariota in the run. You have to. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not even that accurate. He's not that good of a quarterback in general, to be honest. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to stop him. And I expect the pass rush to actually, I wanted the pass rush to eat Deshaun up. It didn't really work the way I wanted to, but got to get to Mariota, definitely. They do have a pretty good offensive line too, so it's going to be a little a little more difficult. Uh, we'll see if uh, Yannick ends up playing. I, I can't, I read the injury report earlier. I, I think he's questionable still, but hopefully he plays. And I know Boye is definitely questionable. So we'll see how that goes. On offense, their pass rush is pretty good, and we really can't turn the ball over at all. No picks, no fumbles. I think Gardner needs to get the ball out quick. A bunch of quick throws would be good. And instead of, you know, the run game, because I the run game is just not working for us. Like, I get it. You just keep feeding Fournette and then hope he breaks out a big run, but I'm not cool with that anymore. What I haven't seen much uh, throughout the two games is a lot of screen passes or, you know, throwing to Leonard in the flats and kind of letting, letting him go and make some moves, you know. And I think that should turn into our running game. Especially with John D. Flippa. I thought there would be more of that. A lot of screen passes to Lenny. And I haven't really seen it that much. And I think that would be a good way to get Fournette started. And he is a good pass catcher. So why not? Why not try that a little bit? I really do think we're going to see some swing passes and some screens to Fournette. Just try to get him started in different ways. Since obviously the ways that we're trying are not working really. The Titans... They don't really have wide receiver threats either, you know? So our defense should be okay, especially our secondary. I know they're young, but they don't have receiving threats. We just played a team with a bunch of, you know, playmakers on the outside. But these guys, who do they have? I know they got the rookie, A.J. Brown. They have Corey Davis and Delaney Walker, okay? Well, I guess we could worry about Delaney. But the other guys, we don't know what A.J. Brown is yet. He had a really good first game. And Corey Davis... I think he's he's not even very good, but you never know because his quarterback is kind of ass too, so we'll never find out. I'm a big Titans hater, by the way, so, so I talk a lot of shit about them. Let's move off this game a little bit and do a new segment that I'm going to try out here for a while. It's called Half Empty, Half Full. So we're just going to look at some of the positive things that Jaguars fans can can look at and some of the negatives because, you know, as a Jaguars fan, your mind is just up and down and just ugh, usually just down. So, half empty. Let's look at something negative. 
Calais hasn't been on his game, and it's pretty crappy to see. So we do hope to see him back to Calais form. How about a positive? The Dolphins suck more than us. Not the worst team in Florida. Yeah, that's all I have for positives. Just kidding. That's not it. How about another positive? DJ Chark looks like he could be a number one receiver for the Jaguars. He's shown a lot of promise in the last two games. I think he had uh, like five catches for like 70 yards this last game. And he had that touchdown as well. DJ looks good, and I really look forward to see what what he does um, on Thursday. A negative. We're up. It's a 0-2 start, and 0-2 is not easy to come back from. So we've all, we all know the numbers or whatever, but as of late, teams have been able to bounce back from 0-2. And I believe the Giants did when they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots in like 07 or whatever. So, you know, who knows? We could be in the Super Bowl. Another negative. I don't know if Leonard Fournette is our guy. Is he a running back that you can just run the offense through to say and just keep giving it to him? And that's how our offense moves. Lenny's the guy. I'm starting to move off that. I don't I don't think he's what we, I don't think who he is who we thought who we thought he was. But we will see. One more uh negative, and I think this is a really big one, is the turnover margin. So a couple years ago when we did get to the AFC championship, the ball was just falling our way for one. Lots of fumbles, strip sacks, interceptions. So the defense was always, you know, winning the turnover battle. And then on offense, we would just do our best to not let Blake fuck it up and turn the ball over. But winning the turnover battle and having a good turnover margin is so important in the league. Teams with good turnover margins are, you know, they always end up being playoff teams, you know. So definitely very important. I'm going to go a couple more positives. Taven Bryan, you actually saw him on the fucking TV screen not doing something stupid. He had some pressures. I, did he have a sack? I, I'm not sure if he did have a sack, but he had a um, he definitely had a couple hurries. And you saw him get, get into the quarterback, which is definitely a positive sign. Last positive, it's still early in the season. And we have an early Thursday night game. I think the NFL did this on purpose because they put Tampa Bay early too put teams that they thought would be kind of bad in early Thursday night games and then maybe moved on to better teams in the later Thursday night games so it'll be more entertaining. You don't have to flex in and out, even though I don't know if they actually flex Thursday night games. But that's definitely a positive note, which has me like ultra excited for the Thursday night game because it, you know, once again, it actually means something. All right, that's it for half empty and half full. Let's... uh jump around the league see what was going on so i want to quickly just start with this i am not a big fan of uh dak prescott i really have never been and i have a close friend who's a cowboys fan and he gets really mad when people throw shade at dak and i really didn't i didn't think anything of him i thought he's pretty average but now things are changing and i just heard this on um colin coward show i i think it was yesterday like, you're allowed to change your mind, right? If you thought someone, you know, sucked, you're, you're not, you don't have to just stick to that opinion. You don't have to say, okay, well, now he's going to suck in my eyes for forever. Like, I think, I used to like Cam Newton. I used to think he was pretty good. And then I started seeing his flaws and 
his bad games and I saw it consistently. I was like, all right, well, I don't think Cam's that good. That's my opinion. And it's allowed to change. Maybe Cam will come back and play well. And then I'll say, okay, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, another guy, my opinion changed of, I was a big Kirk Cousins fan and I really wanted him to come to Jacksonville. He didn't. He went to Minnesota and he has sucked, man. He has a lot of talent around him too. He's got Rudolph, he's got Stephon Diggs and Thielen, and he's got Dalvin Cook too now. But they have turned into a running team, and I'm not a, I don't know about Kirk Cousins anymore. I like him, but who knows? I don't, I'm not sure. So Dak Prescott, I've changed my mind about him, I think. I slowly am changing my mind. Don't make the offensive line excuse. The dude is going out there and balling out. It's just one of those things. I feel like even if you're not a huge football fan, if you'd watch Dak play right now, even though they played kind of crappy teams, you'd be like, oh, that guy's good. He, he must be one of the best in the league, right? Just that swagger. What Dak is doing, I think he's only going to get better. And that's not good news for the Cowboys because cha-ching. That's all I have to say. But I am slowly changing my mind on Dak. We will see. I do think he's good now, and I think he has a chance to be an elite quarterback. And a lot of people, you know, talk about Carson Wentz versus Dak. And I think Carson Wentz is amazing. He's a great quarterback. I know he's been hurt and stuff. And a friend always makes a point that, you know, he doesn't even play in the playoffs and he doesn't win the games or whatever. And he's always hurt. But Carson Wentz, just did you see that play on Sunday night where he was just falling down, making the throw? He makes some incredible plays. And I know he is injury prone, but. It's time to start giving Dak his respect and putting him at the same level as Wentz if he's already not, and maybe even better, seriously. He has shown that he can be elite and that he can be the guy. Next up, let's take a second to talk about where I live, the Denver Broncos. They had their home opener against the Bears, and they had like a very similar situation to the Jaguars where they scored and then they were going to go for two. And I think they got a penalty so they were going to kick the extra point, and then they kicked the extra point, and McManus missed, but there was another flag, and it was on the Bears. It was offside, and so then the Broncos got it back, and then they lined up to go for two again. They got it, and then in 30 seconds, same, same thing as the Jaguars. So if the Jaguars had got it, this could have, or got the two-point conversion, the same thing could have happened. The Bears go down, and they get a field goal range, and they kick a field goal and win. So a shout out to Allen Robinson too because he made that catch and he was down with one second left. But that game was nuts. It's just funny to think about like that could have happened in the Jaguars game. Like we could have got the two-point conversion. I can't remember how many timeouts Houston had, but they could have went down and scored and that would have been even more heartbreaking. So I guess I can take the L how we got it. The uh, last thing around the league I want to touch on is um, the quarterbacks are, are gone, huh? Our, our elite quarterbacks that we thought would you know never die out would never retire big ben out for the season mason rudolph's gonna replace him who which is kind of funny because remember big ben really didn't want mason rudolph to like be there because he's like oh this is my team i'm not going anywhere well now it's mason's team for now uh eli daniel jones will be replacing him pretty cool uh, <laughs> i can't i heard someone say that they look look like each other and they really do look like each other I don't know much about Daniel Jones except that when I was watching like you know highlights of him and stuff I didn't think he was that good but then in preseason he was kind of 
kind of doing his thing and he looked pretty good so we'll see what what they do i don't think it'll be a disaster and i think it's good that he gets in early that's a definitely a good idea get him um comfortable with this this whole thing and see if he is that franchise quarterback who knows he he might surprise people and um drew Brees. drew Brees is going to be out for a couple weeks he hurt his thumb looked like he couldn't even pick up a football and now teddy bridgewater's in which is interesting because you know the quarterbacks in his class blake who got to play a lot who's now a backup it's kind of the opposite because teddy's was like a backup for most of the of his career and now he's going to get a chance to kind of fill in for drew Brees and play so we'll see what he can do and if he can lead that i mean the Saints team is pretty good so if he even plays average i think they will be all right that's all i got for you guys around the league um so tomorrow night or tonight thursday night football let's go get this fucking win man we need it so badly we haven't been very good in primetime games it'll be fun to see gardner under the lights you know at home and if any jaguars fans are listening and are going to the game please don't boo jalen ramsey don't be that guy fuck that man that's our guy if anything applaud him because this could be his last game here and he's done a lot for this franchise i really do believe that so stand up and clap your hands instead of boo him because i will be really i'll be pretty disappointed if he's getting booed so that's all i got for you guys today i will see you next wednesday hopefully we will be one and two and let's go jags all right see you guys